You're listening to a Tiger Hall podcast. For more interviews with many of the world's most inspiring business leaders, uploaded daily, download Tiger Hall from the App Store or Google Play. We're in the Tiger Hall with Roger Fisk, global communications and marketing strategist who played a crucial role in President Barack Obama's 2008 and 2012 electoral victories as director of special events. You now, Roger, are a regular commentator on US politics and work with major corporations around the world, helping them apply the many tools and lessons you've learned along the way. Now, this discussion is the first in a trail where Roger will be interviewing a number of remarkable industry figures to get to the heart of how leaders can be the best they can be. So for this initial chat, Roger, we're going to be talking about authenticity in leadership. And we hear this word authenticity a lot when talking about leadership. So first of all, why is this so important? Well, first off, thank you so much, Tiger Hall, for putting together this session. I'm thrilled to be part of it, and I'm thrilled to host the trail. Authenticity is absolutely critical because when an organization grows, it needs a strong foundation, and that foundation for long-term growth has to be a foundation of honesty and, and authenticity. That's not to say that it can't be a cutthroat venture capital firm or anything you know that is you know specifically focused on the bottom line it's more about having a seamless connection between the vision of the leadership why that organization or business or venture fund were started and then being true to that as you scale so that you never encounter a situation where there's a fundamental rupture between who you say you are and how you're presenting yourself to the public, potential clients, et cetera, and what you're actually delivering, how you actually conduct yourself and things like that. The second part in terms of leaders is that your employees, your teams need to buy into some kind of vision. Um, and again, I'm not that it's not necessarily an altruistic one. It's not to say that this is about, you know, fixing the world or something like that. But when people sign up to become part of something, they expect that it's going to roughly match kind of the mission that was presented to them when they were in discussions about joining or something like that. And similar to my example before, if at some point there's a fundamental kind of uh, rupture between what that organization is and what they say they are, then that's when you start to see a high attrition rate. That's when you see employee retention uh, go way down. You have people st staying for 10 or 11 or 12 months instead of five or 10 years, etc. So it's really about having a very clear understanding about why the organization is is being created, what the mission is, and making sure that when you go out and you scale in terms of number of employees, but also as you reach out to the public or whatever your audience is, potential investors, et cetera, that there is a seamless connection between who you say you are and who you really are. And you can think of it just even in the context of human affairs, right? Like, for example, any of us find it very kind of troubling sometimes when people are are fundamentally different than how they present themselves, right? So you can just then take that same dynamic and extrapolate it into causes, corporations, etc. So that's why authenticity is so important. Mm. Okay, so sold on the authenticity. How can leaders find their most authentic voice? 
I think it's really, I think a leader needs to be able to crystallize exactly why they're building this organization, why they're pursuing this idea, why they're trying to get these patents for these inventions, etc. You know, when you look back at some of the most effective leaders, either Steve Jobs or Bill Gates or something like that, leaders... We should also stipulate leaders are not necessarily managers, right? So like the human resource kind of component of it is some of these people that have been real visionaries have not necessarily been the best managers, but leaders in terms of looking out at the horizon five and 10 years from now and being able to see kind of a clear destination and both uh, like Steve Jobs was able to say, like, we make devices that make people's lives better. That give them more information. He, he, could, he was able to condense it and simplify and crystallize it into one or two sentences. And I think that's really important for leaders because then you always have kind of a true north to go back to, a north star. You always know where your compass is pointed to. The difficulty that comes in is when people tend to shape shift and adjust too much to technological changes, the news cycle, sociological changes, demographic changes. And then all of a sudden they realize that they've shapeshifted so much that they, that they've lost that fundamental sense of why they've begun this business, why they are trying to pr- provide this product, why they're trying to provide this service and what its value is. So every leader. And I think of this also, obviously, in a political context because of my experience with President Obama, which is now 13 years in running. If the leader themselves doesn't know what the value is, if the leader themselves doesn't know what the purpose is, then you're never going to be able to convince or educate other people, right? You're going to end up just trying to send out a bunch of different messages, send out a bunch of different perceptions of your value and things like that. And then at some point, one or two of those messages might kind of stick or get the reaction that you want. So then you start to go down that road. So that becomes more of a reactive kind of positioning of your product or, or, or cause. So the leader themselves needs to know exactly why they are getting out of bed every day and engaging in providing this service or this product or this cause, because then that creates the foundation where your marketing team, your sales team, your communications team, all those other people can go off based on that very basic foundation and they know exactly what they're providing. Because that that direction, that kind of vision has been provided by the leader. But in the absence of that, people are going to be kind of going in different directions, kind of answering it for themselves. So then you have, you know, your research and development team has one kind of understanding of what it is you're doing. Your sales team has kind of a different understanding. And that's when you end up with organizations going in 10 different directions, you know, not really succeeding in any of them. Um, And it all gets back to that fundamental sense of the leadership knowing exactly why they are getting out of bed every day and and providing this service or this product. Roger, looking at authenticity from a consumer side, do consumers really have the time and patience to think through whether or not a cause or a corporation is authentic? Not necessarily. And it also somewhat depends on the, the product or the service that we're talking about. But what people will pick up on is if there is a, a fundamental divide between what a product or service or corporation says they are or a candidate and what they really are. Sometimes that'll take some time. If you pour a lot of money, if you're a chemical manufacturer and you're dumping 25,000 gallons of toxins into a river, you could probably sink five or $10 million into 
into a communications and advertising campaign and probably for a while maintain the illusion that you're actually not doing that, right? But sooner or later, as the color of the rivers change and as various species of fish die, the truth will out. You know, a lot of these things, you can, you can dig back into a kind of a Shakespearean kind of lexicon and find pithy little phrases for these things. The point that I made earlier It's not to say that everyone has to get up every day and say to themselves, I'm going to save the world. But if you're going to be a venture capital firm or fund, rather, and your central tenant is that you will step over your grandmother to maximize shareholder value, then when, you know, there's a a news piece about, you know, some kind of cutthroat business deal that you've done where you've gone in and gobbled up a a family business that was highly regarded in some community, then people will say, well, you know, the venture capital firm was behaving the exact same way that they say they behave. There's there's not a, a, a disruption there between the perception and the and the brand and, and the behavior. So over time, I think consumers pick up on this. Ultimately, there's going to be a day, it can come in the first year, it can come after 10 years or so, where the truth will out. And and if people are trying to position themselves and advertise themselves as doing A, when in fact they do B, then they're just throwing a lot of money into their public relations, into their into their communication efforts to basically put a Band-Aid over a fundamental rupture that could be solved if the leadership was just honest with itself and authentic with how they present themselves. Mm, very good points. Is there a stage, do you think, Roger, when authenticity could start to limit you as a leader? Like how much is too much and when do you know you're taking it too far for your own good? I think, you know, the the best leaders, I think packaged within this broader umbrella of authenticity that we're talking about is some level of self-awareness. And I'm going to give an example of myself, which is not to put myself anywhere near the pantheon of leaders that we're discussing here. But like, I know, for example, I can't do graphics to save my life, right? Like even all the way back when I was in bands and everything, I knew what I wanted a poster or a flyer or a social media post to communicate. I knew what I wanted. I knew what the call to action was in terms of the recipient, what I wanted that person to do when they got touched by that flyer, by that poster, by that online ad or et cetera. But I, for the life of me, couldn't actually do the nuts and bolts of what the graphics would be. So I think the important thing for a leader is to, within the context of authenticity is to, just as I mentioned, being honest about the service or the product that they're providing is to be honest about what their strengths are. So back on the Steve Jobs kind of component, if your strength is that you're a visionary, right, and you can basically kind of see around corners and you can see things five or 10 years before they surface on other people's radar screens, then that's your strength. And that's what you play to. At the same time, that person could very well be horrible at human resources and 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 the day-to-day kind of management and and tracking kind of performance and the quarterly reports and things like that. And so that same kind of Socratic self-analysis that I suggested earlier that leaders need to do in that way is also when you know where your blind spots are, where you, where you know where your weak spots are and bringing in people that you trust that those are their, their strengths. The human resource management is their strengths or any number of other things that you can think of. So in that sense, it's 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 really just that fundamental kind of honesty, that same idea of 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 that leader getting up every day and, and having a clear sense of why they're doing what they're doing 
is so important for organizational culture. But at the same time, that leader needs to then be honest with himself, himself, herself, et cetera, about where, what their weaknesses are. And then, and then making sure that they are bringing in people that are, that are experts in that. So that ideally you have a 360 degree kind of organization where you're playing to your strengths. I'm playing to my strengths and together, you know, that's how we all get the oars in the water and start making progress and earn money. For anyone still questioning the value of authenticity and leadership, are you able to give us an idea of the long-term market value? Sure. When you scale, the toughest thing is to is to remain, you know, the the fundamental strategic kind of values and priorities that you had as a startup. I always think of the Obama culture, right? Because I have no choice because I'm a product of it. And I mean, um, but if you listen to Senator Obama as a candidate in 2007, and then you read a news article about when he was president in, say, 2013, and then you now look at the work that his foundation is doing or something, there would be narrative cohesion there, right? There would be an arc that is essentially still based on and still operating on some very fundamental goals, which is essentially, I, I can I can do the, the one sentence test for the Obama culture, which is giving people the tools to organize their, the, their own lives and giving people the tools to bring about change in their own lives. That's the, the fundamental essence of, that's what drove our online tools. That's what drove our communication strategy. That's what drove his political messaging. That is the binding harmonic kind of philosophy of the Obama experience is is focusing on empowering the individual. And so in that sense, when we go from 20 or 30 people in the very earliest weeks of 2007 up through being a billion dollar corporation as a as a presidential campaign, then it doesn't matter if you have 5000 employees or if you have five employees. There's that fundamental foundation of people knowing exactly why they're engaging in this. They know exactly where we're going. We don't necessarily know how we're going to get there because technology changes so quickly. And, for example, the difference between the campaign in 2008, which we were focused mainly on people still operating on their desktops, to then the campaign in 2012 when we had to pivot to essentially the mobile universe. Um, so the, the how you get there, the tactics and things like that are always going to change. But with authentic leadership, you always know where your compass is pointed. And then you always know um, that everyone is rowing in roughly the same direction because the leader themselves knows and the leadership kind of around them. So the long-term value of that just to kind of weave together our bunch of different points is the money that I see spent with some of the big public relations firms and the big uh, PR firms and things like that. A lot of that money is being spent trying to either reposition or kind of reclaim elements of the brand that was lost at some point, maybe in one of these technological uh, transition kind of periods, or it's trying to say that a, is actually B or vice versa, if you see what I'm saying. So it's it's a lot of it is trying to repair or patch the the breach that we've been discussing here. Whereas if you've been honest and authentic with yourself all along in the leadership context and in the organizational context, then it's really just a question of adapting to kind of different news cycles and adapting to different techno- technology. But you're you're still you still know the fundamental message that you're trying to deliver. 
Like the content, the value is a known entity throughout all of that, how you're reaching out to people, be it through an SMS or, or an email or a, a billboard, that is all based on just demographics and the kind of market specifics of that region or, or that specific demographic or whatever. But what you're trying to provide, the value that you're trying to provide is constant. That saves people millions, hundreds of millions of dollars around the, the world. Because what I find is that a lot of brands you know, wake up one day They've lost a ton of customers. They don't necessarily know why. And then they spend a lot of time looking back and then trying to figure out how to kind of pivot and, and regain some of that market share um, when ultimately they kind of lost it often because they were presenting themselves as different than who they actually are. Okay, well, Roger, I'm, I'm pretty sure I could listen to you for hours on end, but perhaps, uh, perhaps it's time to wrap this up. What advice would you give to leaders who have perhaps previously sent mixed messages and now need to establish their authenticity? What can they do to start being and therefore appearing more authentic? Develop no more than a two sentence phrase for themselves that that lays out exactly who they are and, and why they're in charge of this organization and what they hope to provide. And if they can't do that, then they need to revisit some fundamentals. And ultimately, if they can't do that, then they either need to get involved in something else or they need to give someone else the a chance at the wheel. Because if the leadership and the, and the leader of an organization doesn't know where they want to go, then the organization's never going to get there. 